Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. We believe all women lawyers deserve to be wealthy women lawyers. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm so excited for you to meet our guest today. So let's get started. Christina Lale is a CPA and attorney who specializes in helping other attorneys save money in taxes. After working in the tax department of a Fortune 500 company for 10 years, Christina started her own company to pursue her passion for helping clients legally reduce their taxes. Christina is one of only 60 planners certified by the American Institute of Certified Tax Planners, the premier organization providing ongoing education in proactive tax planning strategies. So we're super excited to have her here today on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. I am honored, honored, honored to be here. Super excited. Great. This is something we've been trying to do for a little while, and we had a couple of hiccups. So I'm so glad that, that we're able to do this now. I think the timing is terrific because I've got lots of questions for you on behalf of our listeners. Um, <laughs> so let's Great. start with, with getting everybody to know a little bit about you. Tell me about your journey to becoming an attorney and specifically practicing in this area. I mean, oh, sure. I, I imagine little kids don't just think I'm going to grow up one day and be a tax attorney, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And that's definitely not how it happened for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so thank you for asking. So um, I was very drawn. I, I really enjoyed business and, and numbers. And so I first went into accounting and they got my CPA license in Tennessee and started working for a corporation and was paying a lot of taxes because <laughs> I started making a lot of money. And after I went to, or after I received my CPA license, I went to law school um, in Tennessee. And while I was in law school, a couple of things happened. One, I got to study with one of the top tax attorneys, actually two of the top tax attorneys in Nashville because I went to law school and then I also took some MBA classes in taxes as well because I just <laughs> fell in love with it. Believe it, one of the very few people that did. It wasn't a very <laughs> popular class, the federal taxation. <laughs> but I imagine. But I loved it because I was already a CPA and I realized that so many people, including myself, were paying so much more in taxes than they needed to because in law school and taking these classes and studying with these tax attorneys in Nashville, I was able to learn just like all other attorneys in their specific field, how to study the tax code and how to use certain strategies and very simple strategies actually, when you know how to do them like I do and that are very simple, but incredibly effective to save people money in taxes. So then while I was even attending law school, my classmates wanted me to start preparing their tax returns and helping them. Uh, so I did. And I remember I, my first classmate, her name was Christy, uh, Christy Shalou, asked me to prepare a tax return. And I'd never done that before for someone else. This is my early years of law school. Right. And she asked me how much to charge her. And I thought, well, there's a, there was a headset at the time I really wanted for 60 bucks. <laughs> and so I charged her 60 bucks. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I decided. So 
so I did her tax return and then she started, she started referring a lot of people to me. A lot of my class, more classmates started asking me to do their tax returns. And then of course, a lot of people were working for other attorneys um, in law school. And so the attorneys started asking me to, to prepare their tax returns. And that's when I really realized that um, attorneys specifically were paying a lot more in taxes. There were a lot of different ways that attorneys were being paid in different situations and really focusing on the strategies specifically for attorneys to help them save money in taxes. So mm -hmm. once I graduated from law school, um, I started my own business to um, help people save money in taxes. And specifically, I focus on attorneys because the, wow. tax code, the tax code is thousands of pages long. So in order to be very effective, you really need to focus on a certain industry. If right. not, it would be like me trying to practice, you know, personal injury law. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, as lawyers know, like if you're in a car crash, you don't want to go to someone that just dabbles in personal injury. <laughs> right, right. You know, exactly. they, they do it. They know that that area um, of law. And another thing, Davina, that I found out, and I think a lot of my clients or a lot of your listeners may relate to, is that I found out that most CPAs and accounting firms, the way they're set up in America, they do not focus on tax planning very little, if at all, um, right. because they're not, that, they're not attorneys. That is what I want to talk about. I want to talk a lot about <laughs> that because my husband and I use a, a CPA who was my husband's father's CPA when he mm. had his law firm. And uh, so, you know, we have this sort of family tradition of going to this, CPA and he's super sharp, super smart, knows his stuff. He's, he started out as a young CPA at the firm and eventually, you know, he inherited or took the firm over when other partners passed away. But to get any proactive advice, I always get the, oh, you should have done this. Oh, you should have done that. And I'm like, mm. dang it, man. Why didn't you tell me this when I could have done something about it? And I, I was shocked to learn that because I thought that CPAs, you know, that that would be part of what their job would be. We just say, you know, here's, here's how you save money on taxes. But so many don't, they just, you know, they prepare the taxes and then they go, Oh, well, you really should have done this. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, well, that doesn't right. help me now, you know, and you apply it going forward. So why do you think that is? I mean, have you, I, I'm sure you've seen a lot of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I know exactly why that is a great question and going through, you know, both routes, you know, as a CPA for first worked at a, a firm um, and then at a company in the tax department and then, you know, went to law school. So the whole, and it's true, the whole business model is just completely different. So mm -hmm. most CPAs and accounting firms, they offer a lot of different services, bookkeeping, payroll, sometimes investments, even wealth management. Um, and they make a lot of money doing that in addition to preparing tax returns. And so they can make a lot of money just getting your information and easily inputting it into a very advanced tax software program mm -hmm. uh, that will do a great job adding up all the numbers correctly and putting them in the right place on your tax return. And the tax program will spit out a tax return that the IRS and even your state is more than happy to accept because <laughs> right. uh, they don't do any tax planning. They don't. And so again, because I'm an attorney, an attorney, I can study the tax code, which I've done. I've studied with tax attorneys. I continually study. I just had a book that came out 
called Thinking Outside the Tax Box. Um, and I've learned how to use the strategies in the tax code for my clients, for the greatest benefit of, of my client, just like what any attorney does, right? They know the law as it pertains to their area of focus and to their clientele and based upon their education and their experience, they can then apply that to the greatest benefit of their clients. And what my gift has really been as well is not just to know this, but to impart this to our clients and to, to implement these strategies for them. Mm -hmm. So I have found and just feedback from my clients, of course, I have an amazing team and we do as much as we can for the client. We implement the actual tax planning strategies for them. Mm -hmm. They've told me that I explain it to them. I, I, my dad, um, he wasn't an, an official teacher, but he loves explaining things and he would have been a great teacher. And I think I get that from him. Mm -hmm. I do love explaining things to my clients and how, what we're doing for them. And what they've told me, it's in, it's in very simple terms that they understand. Right, right. So and really I'm able to break it down. Right, because it is so confusing. Even, even, I mean, you know, even if, if it's confusing for your average attorney, right, mm -hmm. to understand the tax code, imagine how confusing it is for everyone else in the country who doesn't have that level of education and knowledge. And like you say, the reason why is because it is so voluminous, so vast, so detailed that you can't, mm -hmm. you know, like it can't be something you dabble in. You have to dive in. And so it's, that's why it's important to, to have people like you who are there so we can focus on what we do best in our area of practice. So tell me a little bit about your book. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's called Thinking Outside the Tax Box. It's available on Amazon. Um, I actually co-wrote it. So we had several authors from the Certified Tax Planner, the Institute of Certified Tax Planners is a small group of us that are certified tax planners. And we each wrote a different portion uh, in the book. My, my chapter focuses on deductions for businesses. But I, what I also wanted to say was what I specialize in when I bring on new clients is proactive tax planning. So as soon as I bring on a new client, the first thing that I do is I put together a strategic tax plan customized for them. So that's what really makes us different, again, from other accounting firms and CPAs, is that I immediately put together a very formal and exact tax plan for them that I share with them and I explain everything to them and all the strategies that we can implement for them to save them money in taxes, which, of course, we implement for them. And most, my average savings for clients is $52,750. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's significant. Very significant. Every year. Imagine so of course what that, you can do with that in your pocket. Right. Yes, absolutely. And of course that depends on their income and their situation, but I can help anyone no matter how they're paid. If they're paid with a W-2, a K-1, if they're a partner, if there's a sole proprietorship, if they run a different kind of business, all kinds of different situations. And of course it depends on their income level and their situation as well. But, you know, I can just about always reduce their taxes by at least 20, sometimes 30%. And again, wow. just by using the strategies in the tax code, the way Congress intended and by implementing the strategies correctly, which is what we do for the client. But yeah, it wow. makes such a big difference to people. I remember again, when I was first getting started and one of my first clients, I 
did a, put together a tax plan for them. They were able to to save a few, you know, a few tens of thousands of dollars. I think it was maybe 30,000, 20 or 30,000, but they were able to use that to put a down payment on their dream house. I mean, that was a significant impact to them right away. Like they would, they would not have had that money to do that. Mm -hmm. Do you have um, people when they hire you, do they have, you, you kind of bring me people who have sort of fear around using, being too aggressive with tax strategies because maybe they've been told by, the CPA before, well, I'm conservative and we don't want to do this because it might trigger an audit or uh, <laughs> things like that, where people put those, plant those sort of seeds in their head. I mean, how do you address that? Oh, yes, that's, that is a great question. So a lot of times CPAs will say that or your accountants will say that because they don't know differently. Like they, they just want to avoid the subject <laughs> and they really right. don't know maybe how to implement these different strategies. And again, it's not just knowing about the strategy. Um, sometimes I've heard from clients, oh, I've heard about this strategy. Like I went to some kind of seminar, but I had no idea how to implement it. Right. Um, so the, the key, of course, is knowing the law, but then implementing the strategy correctly with however that looks, which is what we do for our clients, whether that's substantiation or documentation um, or just some simple best practices or just showing you how to easily implement the strategy or something you're already doing, but you're just not taking advantage of because you don't have the proper substantiation or backup to be able to use that tax saving strategy. And also what I tell people um, is that my clients rarely get audited. Because the mm -hmm. strategies that I use, and you can go to my testimonial page, which I know we'll talk about that later, but the strategies that are that I use are nothing crazy, no kind of Cayman Island scheme or having to adopt eleven kids from Algeria <laughs> <laughs> or moving to Puerto Rico, you know, nothing like that. Right. Um, they're really very simple. What I think are very simple strategies because I've been doing this for over ten years, but are incredibly mm -hmm. effective. So my so my clients rarely get audited, but if they do, um, what we do for our clients is we also provide full audit support, which means that we don't charge them extra if they were to get audited because it would be, it's a very simple thing for us to handle because we already have everything in place for them. Mm -hmm. So the few times that my clients have been audited, we handle everything for them. They've been able to take advantage of every strategy. The IRS has not changed anything. Everything is passed and we don't charge them extra for, for taking care of that. Right, right. So let's talk about income levels and if there are certain points where you really need to be more concerned about this than others. So, for instance, some of the some of the uh, women law firm owners are, are just starting out their law firms and they may be hitting that six figure mark, but they're not yet taking that in personal income. Others may be around a quarter of a million and they're maybe taking a hundred thousand dollars, you know, in their personal income. And then you've got some who are in the high six figures mm -hmm. or over a million dollars. And they may be taking between between paychecks and dividends, they may be taking half million, let's say, in personal income. Is there a certain point where you say you definitely need a good tax attorney? Or is it and is there a certain point you say, well, you know, you really don't need that yet. Oh, uh, another great question, Davina. <laughs> so what I tell people, well, so right now I do individualized, customized tax plans. Mm -hmm. 
And those are great for people who make or net 300,000 or above. Well, mm-hmm. I've gotten so much information and requests from people that make less than 300,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for we're we talking income. about personal income, not revenue for business. For right. We're talking about like net income. So okay. what after expenses, 300,000 that your business makes or that you bring home 300,000. Mm-hmm. 300,000 or more, of course. Um, So actually what I'm working on right now is for people that make under 300,000, I'm putting together a coaching, kind of a coaching program Mm -hmm. and a do it yourself, very simple uh, tax saving strategies that people can do themselves. That that Mm -hmm. is a lot less for them Mm -hmm. to to set up. So we're actually in the middle of working on that. I've got a programmer programming everything for me. I'm making some videos right now. Um, and that should be released hopefully in the next two to three weeks. Oh, wonderful. Yes. So even, and I'm already starting to talk to people about that. So if you make under 300,000, you can still contact us. And when that program is out, we will send you that information for that. And then it's simple strategies that you could do yourself. And I walk you through every strategy and then it's going to be a program where you can enter in your information and all the documents needed or substantiation will automatically be created. So it's, oh, it'll, yeah, it'll be like simple tax planning, similar to like legal zoom. Right. Right. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Let's talk about a strategy that you might have at a, if you're at a higher bracket versus mm-hmm. a lower bracket, give me an example of a couple of different strategies that might be different depending on what you're bringing in personally. Oh, sure. So, you know, one thing I always look at is, um, and I do an event, a live event every week where I I go over a couple of strategies that I would use in my whole process. And it's a great link that we can, um, I'll have a development manager also send to you, Davina, if people are interested in that, that they can attend every week on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. And that's it's about an hour long and I go through my whole process and I kind of go through what a strategic tax plan would look like for them. And I include two strategies Mm -hmm. um, that I typically use for people. So like one of the strategies that the first thing I look at is their entity structure. Mm -hmm. So as attorneys, a lot of times um, they're paying a lot of money in self-employment taxes that they don't necessarily need to. So if they can, can they elect to be taxed as an S corporation, which Mm -hmm. can reduce their self-employment taxes depending upon their salary. So some people are, are, may already have elected to be an S corporation, but it's not set up entirely correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they're not paying themselves the right amount of salary to get the best advantage of that. And Mm -hmm. so, so either, you know, we look at their entity, if they're eligible to be taxed as an S corporation, we talk to them about that and we do that for them. If they approve that, which they, <laughs> they always do. Um, when I show them how much they can save in taxes, then we yeah. also look at their salary. And one thing I do um, where people mess up on is they don't have any substantiation for the salary that they do pay themselves. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. They just like kind of, you know, make something up. And if you were to get audited, the IRS, it doesn't really matter how much you make. They would want substantiation for why you pay yourself. So what's an example of substantiation? Oh, OK, well, yeah, so I'm going to go into that. 
So what we do for that, for the substantiation, is we have our clients take a reasonable compensation report. Because another thing, Davina, if you think about it, a lot of attorneys, especially if they're partners of a small law firm or if they're even a proprietorship, they do a lot of different things in being an attorney. They do a lot of, they wear a lot of different hats. They have to manage their company. They have to manage their employees. They have to manage their clients. They have to look at their expenses. They have to talk to me about their tax planning. They have to try to reduce taxes. They have to be an HR manager. They have to be a payroll marketer. I mean, yeah, yeah. A marketer. Yeah, marketer. They, so many different things. So what this reasonable compensation report does is they, they elect all the different jobs that they actually perform within a typical week and how much of their time do they do those particular jobs and and then they also rank themselves in as of their pro proficiency with each mm -hmm. job so then that produces a great report that we can use to get their salary as low as possible because that's the trick of being an s corporation is you want that salary as low as possible because that's what determines the self-employment tax and then, and also have great substantiation. And this reasonable compensation report has, it has been created based upon the tax code and the tax court cases all around officers' compensation within S corporations. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's one thing that we do. Mm -hmm. um, that's one strategy. Another super simple strategy that I talk about in my live event is a way to rent out your home to your law firm or to your business um, if you are a part of a law firm mm -hmm. or a partner of a law firm. And if you just charge and rent out your home to your law firm 14 days or less, you don't have to report that as income. That's in wow. internal, internal revenue code section 280AG. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a private letter ruling that allowed that um, for a particular uh, taxpayer. So again, once done correctly, which we we show our clients how to do that, we create a rental contract for them, a sample invoice, we show them how to get substantiation for the best rental amount for their home, and I show them how to substantiate that for the 14 days, like really easily in their calendar. It's basically how I do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so then it's a great way to pull money out of the law firm tax-free every year. Uh, which is my favorite tax rate, zero percent. Yes, yes. So a, a big key of what I'm hearing you say over and over again, and I think this is probably something that is a big challenge, is a lot of people may know of certain strategies, oh, I could do this or do that, but they don't understand the importance of being able to substantiate it and back it up. Right, exactly. They don't know how to implement it. Right. Correctly, right. so that it's actually, so it's legal, so that they can actually take that deduction or or implement that strategy mm -hmm, um, and mm -hmm. those are just a couple of very simple strategies I have a lot more advanced more advanced strategies and again and even for people that are just just receive a w-2 or maybe just receive a k-1 from a larger law firm um, I can help them save save money in taxes and this is why when I share the tax plan with them I call it the big reveal um, it takes about an hour to go through everything with them and for each strategy that we're going to implement for them and how it works. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see attorneys making with their taxes? Like what's one thing that comes to mind? Oh, well, paying too much. <laughs> <laughs> paying so much more than they need to. Um, 
and they're paying their unfair share of taxes instead of their fair share, which is what I do. Again, nothing crazy. It's not like I wipe out their all their taxes or even half of their taxes. Um, but I take them from paying their unfair share of taxes to their fair share of taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of their, their entity structure, uh, the way they, they pay themselves, maybe not using, like if they have a car that's rented out to the um, law firm, they're not doing that correctly, um, like reimbursing themselves for certain expenses. Um, and also and also a lot of people like who just get like a W-2 or a K-1, they've been told there's absolutely nothing they can do, you know, mm-hmm. to save money in taxes. And that's incorrect. They're, they're absolutely yeah. something. That, that they I would do. imagine. I would imagine for women law firm owners, you know, because our client, they're mostly uh, women law firm owners, our, our listeners, that there are, you've probably encountered a lot of people, especially when they're in those first few years, who tend to sort of use their business account. I mean, this is common with small business owners in general and small, solo, you know, business owners in general, is sort of use your business account for personal things and write it off, try to write it off, you know. And right. that mm-hmm. that messiness will get you in trouble pretty quick, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to keep that separate. And if there are there, you know, sometimes there are ways to write off some personal expenses. But again, you've got to do that correctly. Have you noticed or what do you think 2020? <laughs> what kind of impact do you think 2020 is going to have on law firm owners? because we're seeing so many who've got PPP money that they're hoping gets forgiven. They've got economic disaster loans. Uh, a lot of people have closed down their brick and mortar spot and sent everybody to work remotely. They may have workers working remotely out of their homes and the owner is working remotely out of her home. What kinds of thoughts do you have on that that we can do to sort of prepare for this dealing with 2020 and 2021 when this the situation with the pandemic. Um, yeah, well, one thing that came out with this most recent stimulus bill is that uh, the PPP loan is not going to, if it's forgiven, is not going to be counted as income because the IRS was threatening basically. And they do that a lot. They try to threaten yeah. and try to scare people. <laughs> they use a lot of scare <laughs> tactics, um, kind of like the, um, you know, you hear this big growl and barking and it's a tiny little dog, <laughs> you know, doesn't have much to stand on. Um, so, and we've definitely dealt with that. Um, you know, they were saying that that's going to be taxable or you couldn't use it to deduct expenses, which is the same thing as it being taxes income. Well, the new stimulus package, they said, no, absolutely not. That is not going to be taxable. So that was great. That was great news for us and our clients. So if your PPP loan is going to be forgiven, if you've heard that, that's going to be taxable income. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. So that was fantastic. So I, w- I think that was a great opportunity for people to have PPP loans. Um, they've made it even easier now for it to be, be forgiven. Uh, a much simpler form, especially if you borrowed less than 150000 So that's fantastic. Um, and then I have heard from, from some clients. Now, my we all work from our homes, um, my whole team. I do and my team since the beginning. So we were able to just go on as, as normal, which worked out well, but I've heard that. And of course I have clients all over the United States and I'm a constantly, you know, talking to them on the phone or doing zoom calls or joined up me meetings. And so it's become more and more commonplace to do that. And I remember one of my clients said, 
man, I used to spend most of my time racing around meeting all these clients and I might be able to uh, talk to one or two clients a day. But with the pandemic, working from home and using Zoom and all the great technology, I've been able to meet with six or seven a day. This is amazing. <laughs> so he's like, "This yeah. is I'm going to stick with this." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's great." With thank goodness, you know, we have the technology set up. I mean, just imagine if this had happened, you know, fifteen, even ten years ago. Um, uh, yeah, it absolutely. Could have been I much more going, difficult. I imagine it's going to complicate things from a tax standpoint, though, with people trying to figure out what can I write off what can i not write off um if you're using especially if you know a lot of folks don't have a setup where they have a really dedicated room that they can have as their office and they're using you know they're there with their kids trying to share the dining room table or some you know mm -hmm. trying to turn some other part of the house into their office um to work and i'm sure there's going to be some confusion about what they can you know they'll know loosely oh i can write off some expenses associated with this, but I'm sure there's going to be some confusion about that with some of these loans, people like economic disaster loan, which is not you know, forgivable and things like that. I imagine those things are going to complicate matters mm -hmm. some. Yes. Yes. And if we have, we actually have someone on our team dedicated just for the PPP loan and the disaster loan. Um, he's mm -hmm. become quite the expert in that. So um, if anyone has any questions at all, they could reach out to us about that. All right, so I have a question for you that I see. Uh, I see this question. I see this discussion come up among women lawyers. It always kind of amuses me, but I'm just going to throw it out there for you. Can women lawyers write off their nice outfits and shoes and handbags? Oh, <laughs> you know what? I wish they could. <laughs> We'd all go shopping. <laughs> yes. Yes. But no, yeah. that has that has been specifically banned <laughs> in in the tax code. And unless it is an actual uniform that you could not wear out in public is kind of how the tax code is written, then you can't you can't write it off. And you can't even write off dry cleaning unless you travel like overnight. Wow. Wow. See this. Yeah, it's amazing. This discussion comes up and uh, so many people, you know, think that you can. So I wanted to to get that out there so we can save ladies and keep them out of trouble. You can still buy your 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 wonderful clothes, but you just can't write it off. So let's let's talk a little bit about your business itself. And you mm -hmm. you started your firm when? Oh gosh. So I started it in um 2000 and 2005. So it's actually been over 15 years. I need to have to Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> That's fantastic. That was um yeah, I started part time then and um, and then went full time, quit my job and went full time um, just a few years after that because um, it just grew so, so quickly. And now I have team uh, members. Let's see, I've got um, eight, eight people on my team. We are a small firm, but we're so effective in what we do. We, we do use a lot of technology. Uh, we keep different like CRMs and a different way to keep track of what everyone needs to be doing. And I have, I do have an amazing team yeah. um, that I've been able to gather. So, um, so we're very, very effective in what we're, what we do. And we're very personable. We really communicate with our clients. You know, we do a lot of proactive train, a lot of proactive tax planning for our clients. 
we communicate with them a lot. Um, you know, I don't charge them extra when we have meetings. In fact, just before this call, I had a meeting with a client and they were like, thank you so much for not nickeling and diming us. Um, wow. I do a flat fee and that includes, you know, communication throughout, throughout the year. Right. Right. That, so what is that? Uh, so a lot of our, uh, like I said, our listeners are women law firm owners. And so when I get women law firm owners here who've grown their business successfully, and you, you say it's a small firm with eight people, but still that's for a small firm, that's a good size. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think have been the biggest challenges you've had in growing your firm? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I've told them, I said, I ain't, I ain't having any more babies. <laughs> <laughs> The tubes are tied. I ain't hiring anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Uh, been your biggest challenge. (laughs) It is interesting, you know, um, when I started out and growing and adding more and more people, um, you know, I used to read, I love read books. I read a lot. And Mm -hmm. so I first started reading how to, you know, started reading about sales and how to be a good salesperson. Of course, always reading about taxes about that but then I started reading about sell because everyone's you know if you're a business owner you're a sell you're a salesperson right. and you know and how to get new clients so I read a bunch of those books and then my you know business started exploding so then I had to hire new people so then I had to so then I started reading books about managing people <laughs> and, and being a leader and then right. reading books on how to um, a client satisfaction and <laughs> and customer service Ah, so it's it's a lot talking about the different um, when I, my reasonable compensation report that I've taken it's it's all over the map I do all kinds of things wow. so um, luckily I've been a, I, my I'm right now I live in Fort Myers Florida and I was able to find a personnel company a local personnel company that has found me some great talent um, and some great people so um, and brought them on and then growing the firm you know constantly being in contact with them and there is a challenge since we are all virtual even though we all live most of us live pretty close together and we do get together right. occasionally but you know staying on top of them coaching them um, having accountability um, te- and teaching you know just teaching them how to do certain things and then using um, technology mm-hmm. as as well we really use technology well we um, have secure portals for each of our clients to protect all their information. And I have to say, I was re- when I left my corporate job, I, there was a CPA that I worked with there and I took her with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made her an offer. She couldn't re- refuse. Right, right. She, she is fantastic. And not only is she a great CPA, but she is a great developer of processes and incredibly organized. So I definitely uh, could not do it with her, without her or, uh, and she's my, now my firm manager. Um, yeah. as well as, as well as being a CPA. So, um, so, so I do have an incredible t- a team. So it's been interesting. You have, you, you started out, uh, virtual and have been, have been working virtually this whole time. I think a lot of people have it in, in their head that, you know, being virtual is a brand new thing, but you were doing this. It's like you were doing this before it was cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And when I was in tennis and when I first started my, uh, practice. I was in Tennessee, so I, I did meet with some clients um, in person. But then once I moved to Florida, either that went virtual, or you know they went to they went to someone local. Actually, very few though did so, <laughs> which was which was good. So, but yeah. now everything's everything is uh, is is virtual with us, and I can do that being a CPA. I can file 
people's tax returns and even their state tax returns all over the United States since I had my CPA mm-hmm. license. And so I imagine there 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 are some challenges oh, some challenges that are a little bit different when you're managing a, a distributed team as opposed to having everybody sort of just down the hall from each other. Yeah, it's very beneficial because we have so much freedom and we and of course I've got like I've got clients in a lot of clients in California. Of course, that's West Coast, we're East Coast. So I there are days that I work really late and a couple of my team members work really late and they can work from home. Uh, mm-hmm. Several of my team members have kids, so that's very helpful for them mm-hmm. uh, and gives me some freedom as well. But it, but you know what? It really hasn't been as hard as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. It was just that's the way this is the way it it is. And since the technology now is so great and I can constantly, you know, talk to clients or we can share our screen or we can get on a Zoom call. Um, and again, being a CPA, I can file their tax returns anywhere in the United States. It's really been nice because people just can't come into my office and show up. Um, right. So when I do, you know, if they have a question and um, we just set an appointment and that's when we call or we get on a Zoom call or, or I just talk to them on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very scheduled and I have certain times of the day in the week that are open for clients. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's really been a lot easier than you would imagine. I, yeah, I think a lot, I think of a lot of women law firm owners are discovering that this is just, if you weren't virtual before the, and the pandemic has sort of caused you to be, I'm, I'm having discussions with a lot of people who are saying, yeah, we're keeping this. Uh, I think, uh-huh. yes. you know, I think more and more people are, you know, just becoming accustomed to working this way. And uh, so it, it's definitely a great way to work, certainly the way I work in my business as well. So this is the Wealthy Woman Lawyer podcast. So I want to, I would love to, before we wrap up here, just get a piece of advice from you for those women law firm owners who are building wealth, they're making now, you know, their businesses are doing well and they're making a substantial amount of money beyond don't pay too much in taxes. <laughs> what advice would you have for them to to reduce their taxes and keep that money in their pocket? You know, mm-hmm. just one piece of advice. Um, well, if I could have a, if I could offer a couple, there was okay. a great book called Profit First, um, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend. That is an excellent book about staying on on budget. Mm-hmm. And um, making sure that expenses don't take over, which they certainly can, and how to pay yourself, and that's that's a really good book that I recommend. Um, I also re- recommend, and again, this kind of goes back to taxes, but in addition to saving money in taxes now, I also offer some strategies to my clients and strategies that I participate in on how to also take your tax savings and build tax-free wealth, and a lot better, a, a lot safer, and and more efficient than just your typical retirement plans. Uh, there's some different strategies you can use for that to build tax-free wealth since tax rates are definitely going to increase in the future. I think we all know that. And so just make sure that you're saving. Um, and if you can save in a tax-free and invest in a tax-free manner so that you, when you start taking the fee out, it's not reduced by who knows how much in taxes, 25%, 35%. We don't know how much that's going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to be sure to invest in yourself and to put money aside uh, mm-hmm. for, for the future. Because if you're not planning for the future, you know, why, why are we working so hard? And, and I also think, you know, work-life balance is so important. For me, I don't, 
I don't even have kids, <laughs> which is helpful running a business, but, um, but a lot of my team members do. But for me, like I live in a community, a golf and tennis community. I love to play golf and tennis. I love to be outside. So to, almost every day I'm able to do a little bit of that, whether it's later in the day or early in the morning. And then I schedule my time around that, my working time and meeting with clients time and, um, and making sure you're getting away, away from, from work and being able to do things that, that you enjoy or just become such a, such a drudge. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's so important to uh, make sure that you're taking time to uh, it's so easy, but particularly when you're passionate about what you do and you love what you do. Uh, and there's, and there's still like such a need, you know, for, for your work and it, you can easily become a workaholic. You have to be very intentional because there's more to wealth than money. I mean, wealth. we're obviously talking about wealth in terms of money, but a wealthy life an enriched life is, about being able to enjoy your life mm -hmm. as you go along and also still plan for the future. So that balance between, you know, getting the most out of every day now and also preparing for the future is that's the challenge. You know, that's what we're trying. We're all trying to do, you know, mm -hmm. so I agree. Yeah. And another book, it's called The One Thing, and it's by the guy that um, started Keller Williams, you know, mm -hmm. real estate conglomerate. Um, he wrote this book and um, and it's, it talks about that. He had actually gotten very sick when he first started his business and how he found work-life balance. And then he also talks about like what to really focus on in your business. Mm -hmm. And and I've learned a lot from that. I delegate a lot to my team members and I give them a lot of re responsibility and authority and, and autonomy. And then I focus on the clients and I, and I focus on tax planning because that's what I, I love to do and that's my specialty. Um, so sometimes it takes a little while to get there, take some trust and allow them to make mistakes, allow yourself to make mistakes, um, but just own up to them and, and learn from them. Right, right. Well, Christina, thanks so much for being here today and, and helping us to figure out our taxes and knowing what to do and knowing that we shouldn't be paying as much as we are paying in taxes and we should seek you out to, um, if we want to resolve that issue. I appreciate it. So tell us how we can find out more about you on the internet, where we can connect with you on social media. Oh, sure. So my website is laeltax.com. It's L-A-E-L. -E so A before E, just like in the alphabet. Uh, laeltax.com. And there's a, a button at the top that says contact. You could just contact us with any questions that you have. There's a phone number there as well. Or you can even book a free session. Uh, mm -hmm. with me if you really want to start talking about it's a free se session no obligation I can get some information from you and I can tell you how much I can save you in taxes and tell you how much a tax plan would be it's very very reasonable it's a fraction of what you're going to save in taxes um, mm -hmm. and then I'm also on Facebook you can just search for Lael Tax LLC or Christina Lael again L-A-E-L -E we'll also have those links in the show notes and also get you to send us a link to your book so everybody can grab that if they want and also uh, follow you for your live sessions on Wednesday. So uh, thank you so much for being here. I have really enjoyed it and love talking with you and getting to know you. And I appreciate you sharing with us. All right. Thank you, Davina. It's been, it was been super fun. Thank you. 
We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Wealthy Woman Lawyer podcast. If you have, we invite you to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. The more five-star reviews we have, the more women law firm owners will be able to positively impact. Your thoughts and opinions are so important to us. If you are a woman law firm owner who wants to scale your law firm to a million dollars or more in gross annual revenue and do it in a way that's sustainable and feels good to you, then we invite you to join us in the Wealthy Woman Lawyer League. The League is a community of highly intelligent, goal-oriented, and driven women law firm owners who are excited to support one another on their journeys to becoming wealthy women lawyers. We'll be sharing so much in the League in the coming year, including the exclusive million-dollar law firm framework that until now, I've only shared with my private one-to-one clients. For more information and to join us, go now to www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash league. That's www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash league. League is spelled L-E-A-G-U-E. We look forward to seeing you soon in the league.